Welcome to another episode of The Mass Burgess. Hello! <laughs> what? What now? Nothing. Nah. Yes! Episode. Episode, episode, episode. Come on. What? Say something. Um, it's a new week. Yes. You've started work again. Yes. Tell me about that. How does that make you feel? Um. Yes. So, well, I thought so. Like when I was off, because I was off for like three months, I kept saying to myself, like, don't get bothered by like stuff there, and you know, don't get too bogged down in the stuff you normally get into. And you know, I was like. So kind of when you return to work, you mean so you know you're like not how let it bother you. You know like how I was before I went to work. Yes. So like I mean before I went to work, before I was stopped being at work. So when I was before lockdown at work and that kind of thing, you know the way I was, uh, and the way I was being, and you know the way I, I suppose, felt about work when I came home from work, that kind of thing. Maybe a bit antsy. Yeah. So I thought I've been off for a while now, be a bit more relaxed. And it's, it's something that I always, not always do, but it's something that I've done, like, in the past a few times, where you get a break from something and you think, well, I won't do that again. Like, don't behave that way again. Not that I was doing anything in particularly bad. I just thought, let's, you know, try and do, let's try and go at this a different way. Yeah. You know, uh, don't let the things that are bothering you bother you. And, you know, don't, when people are doing this and it's irritating to you, but just, just don't put yourself near it. Just ignore it, stay out of it, you know, whatever. Um, and I thought, yeah, that would be easy because I've gone like three months without doing it. So it's just continuing that, but now in the workplace. But like with everything else with me, I always tell myself, don't, you know, try and go at it differently. Don't, don't do with the things you did before. Try and be a bit different about it. But I never do. So you know what I mean? Like I've, I've yeah. got like my set like routines and my set way of being. Uh, and then... I always like it's it's always the same. I was like, oh well, next time you you know you do if you do anything that you're not too happy with how it went. Um, like one of the things that I always feel like I do too much sometimes is sometimes when I'm in certain situations I talk too much or you know give too much away. I say too much of something. Uh, you know, just uh, talk too much, said too much, maybe overstep some boundaries. And then after, you know, you come away from that conversation, you go home, you think about it and you think, yeah, maybe I've talked too much. Maybe I did, shouldn't have said that. Maybe I could have kept that to myself and that kind of thing. And then you think, well, next time I'm in that situation, I just won't talk as much. I've learned now. And then when I go get into that situation, I just keep talking and do the same thing as I did before. Yeah. Uh, and with me, I always feel like the best way to be these days is just accept that that's how I am and not worry too much. Whereas I think in the past, I used to be like, no, don't do this, and next time don't do that, and you know, and then you do it repeatedly, the same behaviour over and over again, and then you spend all your time being like, oh, you know, why did I do it again? Like, I've messed up, like, I shouldn't have done that again. And I kind of thought the best way to look at it is to just think, no, that's just how you are, and uh, don't don't worry about it too much. Yeah. And like, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't beat yourself up too much about it doesn't really matter that's just how you are in general it's fine um so you know i spent like before lockdown 
I was a certain way at work. And then while I've been off for three months, I thought when I go back, like, you know, care less, basically. Yeah. Which my thing, don't get involved in everything. Don't worry too much. Don't, like, get too wrapped up in things. Just just ignore what's going on. Like, it's nothing to do with you. It doesn't really matter. Because um, if anyone that's listened to this doesn't know what I'm talking about, I sometimes get involved in stuff that I don't need to get involved in. Sometimes I need to know about things that I don't really need to know about. And it's just my way of doing stuff. You know, my masking, the way it works is I need to know everything about everybody. And uh, I need to know everything that's going all the time so I can, you know, change my behavior depending. Uh, but then getting involved in everything, if I hear stuff that I don't like is happening or something that I think is wrong or something that I think is um not the right way of doing something i pretty much fight and get involved with everything until it becomes the way it should be um so i just thought this time don't involve yourself in stuff just stay out of it doesn't really matter um but then i've gone back i think it lasted about like half a day on monday me like trying to do like this new like mentality of doing stuff and then i found myself halfway through the day on monday just going back to the way i was uh and then i think for the rest of the week I was though I was. I'm not as like, um, I keep reminding myself, you know, just be a bit more relaxed Chill. with it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I realised that it must just be a, a thing that I do, you know? Yeah. Um, but apart from that, the week's been fine. There's there's loads of new like rules in place, you know, screens and all different types of stuff, but it doesn't really involve me that much because um, of what I do in comparison to what everybody else that I work with does. So I'm not too... I'm not too fussed. Uh, there is like a less people allowed inside the store rule, which I guess is better in some ways because you're only allowed six people in the store at once as opposed to like the store I work in gets kind of busy. So sometimes there's loads of people in the shop all at once, but now there's like a six person maximum, only maximum yeah. rule, which I guess is kind of helpful. Uh, but because, you know, people are still getting used to shops being open and stuff, we're not as busy as we were, so... Um, and I'm not allowed to do certain things now because everyone has to stay within their own, like, work parameters. Everyone gets given a set section and a set job, uh, whereas before it was kind of everybody just helped everybody with everything, but now, you know, so... Some days are dragging a little bit because there's only so much I can do in one day. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, nothing new. It's kind of gone back to the way it was, you know, um... I suppose that's the way it is, uh, especially for people that are autistic. You know, you have a set routine of doing everything. So when you've been away from something for ages, you know, some people think like, oh, it'll take a while to get back into the swing of things. But I feel like if you have a set routine of doing something, even if you don't do it all the time, you know, the second you start back in your routine again, it's like you were never away. Yeah. You just kind of get in with it straight away. Like I thought there might be some weird transition of being back at work, but... Uh, I just put all the same routines I had in place before I went away, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's like I was never off. Okay, that's good. Is it? Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying it questionably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that kind of I suppose that kind of uh, like I suppose the topic for today was one that you came up with. Oh, uh, don't name and shame me. What? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> So if you absolutely hate this episode, uh, <laughs> Scarlett is the one to uh, to have words with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, but we were doing um, we were doing like 
you wanted to say we were watching we were watching this documentary um about um people that take medication for their autism um yeah and we're not doing an episode on medication because um i've only ever taken medication for my asperger's briefly uh and we were talking about the other day that when i took the medication for my asperger's uh it made no difference to me at all um like I felt I didn't well I didn't really want to go on them in the first place but they gave me them for the time being while I was waiting for something I can't remember what it was now I think I'd just been diagnosed or yeah and then there's like a therapy thing I want to go to and they just thought the big change it might help but I took a like a type of medication that they kept making like stronger and stronger and stronger and then eventually they swapped it out for one that was even stronger and then they kept upping the dose of that and I felt the exact same before I took anything and the whole time I was taking it, I felt the same. And then when I decided to stop taking it, I felt the same. I felt like they weren't doing anything anyway. I didn't feel any difference. I didn't see any changes. Uh, I think even my therapist said that they didn't notice any difference with me. So I just stopped taking them and you've never taken medication for anything like that. No. So we can't do an episode on, you know, the pros and cons of medicating autism because... I mean, there aren't really any autism medications anyway that I'm aware of in this country. They, yeah. they gave me medications for other... They're meant for other things, but the, the mostly it was the side effects. Yeah, like the documentary we watched, there was, um, there was a person on there with Asperger's, mm. or at least, you know, it was Asperger's at the time of the documentary, because mm. um, obviously it's ASD now. But um, the it was a, a child and his... Uh, mum did say that there wasn't anything to medicate his Asperger's. Again, I don't know if that's changed now, but uh, at that point she said there wasn't anything to medicate the Asperger's, but he was on medication to um, target, I suppose, the comorbidity. Comorbidity? What's the word? Comorbid. Well, he had... He had, he had, he had um, ADHD, bipolar. Yeah, and um, a couple of others. So the medication yeah. was to help all them. Yeah, to help him focus, like stabilize oh, yeah. his mood. I think there was antidepressants, which um, there was quite. He was on a lot of medication actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think they are more to target the comorbidities, if that's the right word. I'm really sorry if it's not, because I've said it a couple of times now, so that must be really annoying. But to to target those rather than the Asperger's itself. Yeah, and. The things I was on weren't for Asperger's, but they said that it did things that would help stuff to be with Asperger's. So. Was it an antidepressant uh, that you were on? I can't remember. I think so. Um, I can't remember what it was called now. But they just changed it and they said that it wasn't, they didn't think I had. Yeah, it might have been. Because I remember them saying they didn't think I was depressed or anything. It was just, uh, there were, it did stuff that might help, but it didn't help. Okay. Interesting, yeah. So, yeah, that's all we know, I suppose, as far as the medication side goes. Obviously, you know, there's other things that I've got um, that could be medicated, but I don't medicate them. Uh, so, yeah, just doing a whole episode on medication would have been a bit... We wouldn't have really... It would have just been, like, speculation and things we've seen, but nothing really that either one of us has had to deal with. But it did... The, the documentary we watched did make us think about... Um, I suppose, behaviour traits that you've got that could be your autism or could just be your 
personality you know like things that you do that do you just sort of go well like like I was saying uh with me being back at work do I put that down to that's just my autism that's just how it is or do I just or is it just my personality and obviously if it's your personality and just who you are then I guess you can do something about that if the thing you're doing is negative or something you don't want to do anymore yeah um you can do something about that whereas obviously if it's your autism then it's still there's still stuff you could probably do yeah it's just it's harder uh you can't apply the same like rules or the same techniques to it if it wasn't you know if it's your autism because autism doesn't behave the same way as uh you know other people's personalities and characteristics because if it did then it, it wouldn't have its own name and it wouldn't be something you get diagnosed for if it yeah. could just easily be dealt with in the same way as everything else um but yeah you were wondering kind of where to like how I, I think it's quite interesting because the documentary we watched it was mainly children as well and i think that it's it's very difficult to i know I guess sort of like where to draw the line of, because it, there isn't really, there's no line you can say of like uh, behaviour traits up until this point are Asperger's and onwards of that are just personality. I don't think there's a clear way of separating, but I think it's quite difficult to know when it's appropriate to say no. Um, and I'm talking more, I suppose, about the negative traits of, um, like being disobedient or I, I mean we can talk about the positive ones as well but like I'm sort of thinking when someone's being disobedient or they're acting out or you know they're being aggressive and angry or just incredibly sad or um, taking those sort of emotions and when do you sort of go enough is enough and you, you can't behave like this and when do you sort of know that this is just the way that you are so like I think it's really difficult to know where to draw a line and it even with like now as an adult with myself where do I draw the line because I think that it it is important to still especially when when you are an adult because it's different when you're a child but when you're an adult if I started behaving in a way that was completely inappropriate um say I, I did get really angry at a situation and then I say things that are inappropriate maybe at work um or or like amongst friendship circles but i mean realistically when you're um in a job you have to behave a particular way and you can't say certain things because they're rude and they're hurtful and you could you know get in serious trouble for disobeying so it's really difficult to know when to censor yourself down a the this just can't be tolerated because it's unacceptable behaviour, but then also knowing that you have a, a disability, essentially, that might make that difficult. Does that make sense? Because I, I, I know what I mean to say, but articulating it is, is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. Because I, like, I think that there are often times where I feel a certain way and I want to behave in a particular way, but I know that I can't because it's inappropriate and it's wrong and I, like I have to stop myself. Yeah. And I think that it must be difficult. I I think a lot of that comes from not knowing that I had that I was on the spectrum when I was growing up, and I don't know. I'm wondering like the change 
if there would have been a difference had I have known would I then have been told like okay this way you're behaving now is because of this would that then have led me into my adult life to be more accepting of it or would I just behave more inappropriately yeah it's, do you know what I mean? yeah it's hard to it's hard to tell I suppose I mean it's one of those things that I mean, I do it all the time. You don't do it as much, but uh, where you think about what if, you know, what if you'd been yeah. diagnosed, like, as a small child? Would there be... It's hard to tell what behaviours you're always going to do no matter what, which I think is one of the things that I see as an autistic thing, is it doesn't matter what people say or do, you're always going to react the same way. And then there's things that you could do something about. Yeah. And then it's... You know, it's it's that way. And I know what you're saying. You're saying that if you'd have been diagnosed... Because then it all depends on the the person that's raising you, I suppose. Yeah, because it does. they have to decide what things you're doing. Because like, you, were, you, were, you were raised not diagnosed. So when you're yeah. raised not diagnosed, everything you do, your parents just assume it's you being, you know... Whatever, if the things you're doing are negative or bad or disobedient, then your parents will try and get you to not do it and teach you that doing it is wrong. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. They, I imagine most parents, when they've got an undiagnosed child, don't automatically think maybe it's autism. Because the th- I guess the second you have that thought of maybe it's autism, you then go do something about it. Yeah. So obviously the fact that your parents did nothing about it suggests that the thought never entered their head that it was autism therefore the things that you were doing that might have been seen autistic weren't seen as autistic they're just seen as you being either in the sense you know there's things that weren't disruptive and didn't bother people it was just you being a bit odd and then the things that was disruptive and disrupted people they were things as you being like disobedient or uh, you know whatever yeah just that so then your everything's treated the same way. Everything's like kind of you're told not to do something, even if that's something you can't control doing. Yeah. You're still told it's wrong. There's loads of stuff that I used to get in trouble in school for when I was younger that I had no control over, but that did not mean. And teachers used to just think that I was doing it on purpose because they've told me twice already and both times I've been in trouble for it. And then when I'm doing it again, they just they don't understand why I keep doing it over and over again. They just start seeing it as like I'm attention seeking or uh, I'm challenging authority or yeah. do you know what I mean? stuff like that. And really, it's just because that's that's how I do certain things. Um, so yeah, it it just it it does affect the way you are as you get older. But like you said, we watched this documentary. The parents on it had seen that their children were autistic really early on, and then everything they did was um, seen as just autistic. Yeah. Like, everything they did that was bad or negative. Like, I, I, they did mention the good stuff that their children did, but you, for some reason, like, some people just, they don't tie the good stuff to autism as well. Like, there's obviously positive autistic traits. Yeah. But parents that we were watching in the show, they weren't kind of like, well, he does this as well, and this is an autistic trait, but this is a good one. Yeah. It just seems like they wanted to medicate all the bad ones out and, you know, that kind of thing. And anything they did that was bad, they were like, well, that's their autistic trait. And instead of teaching them, no, don't do that, they just kind of went, well, that's what they do, and, you know, that's part of their thing. Like, you try your best, but they're going to keep doing it. 
which you know the the person doing the interview was saying well isn't that like a self-fulfilling prophecy then if you're going to tell them that they're going to do this do they then start doing it and all that stuff and yeah it makes me think about me growing up because some stuff that you do is autistic and some stuff that you do isn't autistic but then obviously if you're raised undiagnosed everything you do isn't classed as autistic it's just you being you and then yeah. you know your parents teachers uh, authority figures in general try and like kind of teach that out of you yeah whereas if you're diagnosed then you've got a parent that's too far the other way and everything you do is seen as autistic you know then even the stuff that isn't you're told is okay for you to do yeah you know and that's the thing like you have to try and decipher what stuff is your autism what stuff is just you and you know you can't let everything go and you can't punish everything as well so you have to try and find like a a middle which only you can do only you as a person i suppose if you're the autistic person you're the only one that can decide what stuff is your personality and what stuff is something that you have no control over you know like teachers parents that kind of thing they don't know because they don't know you and everybody's autism is different, so the traits are different. So, you know, and I guess you can't really tell what's your autism and what's your personality until you get to a certain age as well, you know. As a child, I, I wouldn't say that I could tell the difference between... I used to think as a kid that everybody was wrong. Everybody. Like, every time I got told off for anything, I just thought they're wrong. Like, that... And that's changed as an adult? No, no, I suppose not. But do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sorry. It's... I'm sorry that was... No, no, I'm leaving it in there. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, as a kid, I I, I didn't know I was autistic. So I didn't think that some of the stuff I was doing was autistic. I used to just think that everybody else was wrong and I was always the right one and my behaviour was the correct behaviour. And it was always that the, the whole world was wrong. The whole world had was doing everything the wrong way. And everybody was doing it. And I used to watch people do stuff. And, and yeah, it's still there now. Now when I see people doing stuff that I don't think is right or the correct way of doing something, I do look at them and just think, what are you doing? Like, um, I suppose the difference is, is when I was a child, I would go around correcting people or telling people that they were doing it wrong or get angry with people because I thought they were doing it wrong. Um, and then if I was doing the thing I wanted to do and somebody came up to me and said, you're doing that wrong, I used to get really like aggressive. And yeah you know, tell them that, you know, to go away and they don't know what they're talking about. Whereas now I still feel that urge when I see people doing something in a way that I would say is not the correct way of doing it. But I've kind of got used to just knowing that I can't just go over there and tell them. Yeah. Um, I guess that's why I became like a member of management in the store I worked in, uh, because we were doing, um, as a sort of side note, somebody emailed us uh, about uh, like job um, job quiz. They did, it was called the Holland Codes Test. Yeah. Uh, and there was a couple of others they emailed that I'm filling out at the moment. And it's one of these things where you do a quiz and it tells you what job you should do. And um, the thing that I found interesting was the questions were like, do you want to lead groups of people? And yeah. I was like, no. Do you want to, you know, be this? And I was like, no, no. And a lot of the answers was me just going, no, don't want to do that. Don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. And a lot of them in there were jo- were tasks that I, uh, you know, would do as a member of management in a shop. 
Yeah. And they were things that, and you'd think that they'd be reasons why I became a manager. Like, because obviously I thought if I say yes to these questions, then it's going to say you should be a management of a team or something yeah. as one of the job outcomes. And the things I was saying no to, and I just thought that's interesting because I was management in a store and I was going to be, the, I applied to be the store manager. But there's a lot of huge responsibilities and things you're supposed to do as a manager that I thought, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Uh, and then I've realized that it's because when I was management, you are in control and you do tell people what they've got to do and therefore everything could be done the way I want it uh, all the time because yeah. I'd control how everybody did something and I'd be like, no, do it this way, do that, do this, don't do that. Uh, and then I thought, is that just, that was just my autism uh, in general. Like, even though I'm not management now, I still try and do that while I'm at work and I still used to do that as a child. Um, but yeah, it's hard to decipher if it's autistic or not. I've always just seen it as something I did, but I feel so strongly that I'm right all the time about it mm. that I don't know if it is an autistic trait or not. Because like, you know, I was raised not autistic, so therefore it was. it's hard for me still now to different, different, uh, differentiate. That's the word. Uh, on what is autistic and what isn't with my personality. Uh, what's purely there because I have Asperger's and what's there because I guess I was raised non-autistic even though I was and therefore I've developed personality traits based on the fact that uh, I was raised NT even though I'm not. You yeah. know? So I've developed personality traits that could be changed because I learnt them being raised as an NT. Therefore, I guess if I learnt them, I can unlearn them. Whereas the things that are impulses because of my autism that I have no control over. Yeah, I think um, what's interesting is I think we are both quite different on... So, so like, when it comes to behaviours and the way we are, we are both re really quite different in... I will always think that I can change everything about myself. So if I think that the way I'm acting is wrong, I think I can change it. Whereas I think sometimes you are more likely to, I suppose, think I, I can't change that. That's just the way I am. Um, I have a really hard time accepting that I can't change something because I always think that I should be able to. So if I think that, um, I don't know, like I it, say I think I overreact to things like that instead of thinking that's something I do. I think that's something that I need to change and I will try and work on changing it even if it might not be possible. Like I might just be, that might just be me, whether it's Asperger's or personality or whatever, it's just something that I might not be able to change. But in my head, I always think that I should be able to change it. Um, whereas I think you are better at accepting the things you can't change. Um, but... I mean, you you can correct me if you think I'm I'm wrong here, but I know with you you have more of a like you say you think you're right, and you don't like it when other people correct you, or uh, sometimes you don't really like it when other people have a different way of doing things that isn't your way. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you have a hard time with that, and I don't know, like, how do you feel about that? Do you? feel like that's something that you can change or do you feel that that's you because I've heard you say um sort of sometimes you get not really in trouble but it, 
for lack of a better way of saying it, sometimes you get in trouble at work or you said like at school yeah. where you've had conversations with people about what you've said to them mm. and they've asked you to apologise and you... Haven't. Haven't. I don't, yeah, I've never, uh, I don't think. Yeah. Well, I never apologise... If I'm going to apologise, I'll never do it there and then. No. So with me, if I've done something wrong and I'm going to apologise for it, you're talking like there's days in between when I did it to when I apologise for it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever apologised for anything that I've done that would be considered wrong in the same day that I did it. It always takes a while because initially, yeah, I mean, there's been times where I've said things to people where they've asked for an apology and I've just said no. Um, and that's... That's the thing. I Initially, when I do stuff that's considered wrong, I don't notice that what I've done is wrong. Um, a lot of the time, if I've said something to somebody that's bad, uh, I felt at the time that I should have said it and it needed to be said. Um, we were looking at, uh, yeah, just stuff like that. So I, I will say things that are, might be spiteful or, you know, mean. Uh, but I say them as a result of something that's just happened. So for me, it's not a case of, uh, you know, some people say just horrible stuff because you're in a fight. Whereas for me, it comes from a irritation. Um, yeah. So something about the conversation we're having is irritating. And it's usually because I would say nine times out of ten, uh, in fact, maybe ten times out of ten, all arguments that I've ever been in is because somebody wanted to do something differently to the way I wanted to do it. I would say all my arguments are literally that. <laughs> That's the source of all the things that I get into arguments about is because... Somebody wants to do something one way and I want to do it another way and they're not agreeing with me. Um, initially, when I say I want to do something one way and then they say something differently, I don't get angry initially when they have a different way. I don't think, how dare you not think the same way as me? I just sort of go, yeah, we could do it that way, but here's how it's going to happen. And then, and then it goes from there and they go, well, no, I think it should be this way. The more times that repetition is going on, for me, it has to be a case of I say it, they agree. But then if I say it and they don't agree, I say it again and they don't agree. And I say it again and don't agree. My, like, I guess anxiety and, like, stress levels get higher the more we're going along that same, like, path of, like, a difference of opinion. Yeah. And it's not with everything. Um, there's loads of stuff that I can have a difference of opinion with people and have it not bother me at all. Uh, it's just for some reason it's to do with things that directly are going to affect me um, there and then, you know. Yeah. So, like, if it's, like, a philosophical opinion or a political opinion or, you know, something like that. Not something abstract, but something, you know... Yeah. ...doesn't really make a difference to my day-to-day. -day. It's more of a concept people have a difference of opinion with. I'm fine with that. It's, it's like, it literally the case of, I want to do this, and they've gone, well, we're going to be doing this instead. Yeah. That's, that's where, like, the, the main thing for me is. And, yeah, like, all my arguments go that way and we just we fight and we fight and we fight <gasps> but I don't I don't know it's, it's hard to explain I just don't I can't change my mind on that whereas I know with you you try to and I think the difference is is I do think like obviously we were both raised NT yeah in the sense of that we were raised that our parents didn't know that either one of us was autistic and I spent my whole time thinking I can't change and I won't change and everybody else is wrong and this is wrong and you know I'm right and that kind of thing and this is the way it has to be and then when I got diagnosed I didn't still continue to think that I'm always right and everything I've done is right but I did think well this is why I'm like this which made it easier 
for when I did do stuff like that. Yeah. So when I did do the things that were bad or I found myself getting wound up or getting into arguments with people and people saying, you know, you should say sorry. Um, there was a part of me after I just got diagnosed where I just thought I don't need to apologise for this because I have no control over this anyway and I can't keep apologising for things that aren't my fault. I thought just more of an acceptance of my behaviour would be easier for me because yeah. I'm always kind of fighting it. Um so I kind of didn't change. Whereas I think for you, you, I guess, thought you can always change. You can always change. You can always change. You know, yeah. there's, there's always a different way of doing this. And I can adapt and do stuff. And then you get diagnosed and it's like, well, you've got this thing that will make it hard for you to adapt and change. And you're still trying to fight that still yeah. as a thing. So you keep thinking that I keep telling you, you know, don't do this. Sometimes you'll be trying to do something. and I'm like, you shouldn't do that because it's just going to wind you up. And you're going to get upset about it and then you're like no I won't I'll be fine and then you know you do it yeah. you get upset about it and that's the same with like me we're both kind of stubborn in that way but even after your diagnosis you don't accept that your autism will actually stop you from being able to do certain things and that's okay and I think for me I got diagnosed and thought I'd use my autism as I guess it's become not an excuse, but it's something I can, like, it's like a safety net, I suppose. So when I do get myself in situations that I get myself into, I usually tell myself after, you had no control over that. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Um, and I think that's why I don't apologise for stuff initially, because at the, in the moment of it, I'm so angry and I'm so, you know, wound up that I feel like they've done this to me. They're the reason that I'm now in this, like, heightened state of you know, being. Yeah. They're the reason I'm so agitated and angry. <laughs> Heightened state of being. I, don't, I like I that. Don't, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and then they're asking me for an apology, which at yeah. that point I'm thinking, are you joking? <laughs> you've, you've completely wound me up here and now you want me to apologise for you. Like, I, it's, it's so bad, like, for them to ask me. If anything, that just makes it worse. <laughs> if somebody says, I think you should apologise, I, I, I feel like, what I end up doing is the opposite. I just think, no, I'm going to make this worse now. So, like, I just think the cheek of you to ask me to apologise for something you've done. You're the reason I'm so angry now. And yet you want me to say sorry for that. So I won't. It's not until, like, a few days after when I've had more time to process it, think about it, uh, you know, work out. that. And usually it ends up with not even me actually realising that what I've done is wrong. What I do is, is I just think I did it because of my autism I have no control over it. And sometimes I have said to people that know I'm diagnosed, you know, sorry about that, but I have no control over it. You know, it just kind of got out of hand. You do and, do that. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes if they don't know I'm diagnosed, I just sort of say, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I don't ever say I'm sorry. You know, we have a difference between that thing. I sort of go, I'm sorry. I was right but there is a better way of me dealing with it than what I did. You know, that's what I tend to do. Yeah. I still never fully you know go with I'm sorry you know I shouldn't have been that way I tend to always go I'm sorry and then explain why which I know everyone says if you you know apologize and then there's a bit after that you know it's not a real I've read that I can't what that is there's like a thing where they say if you say sorry but then go but I did this because apparently it's not a real apology if you then have to yeah if you try and explain why you're apologizing you should just apologize which you know I kind of I don't know it's, uh, and then some people I don't apologise at all. I just don't think I should have to. Um, I just think they'll get over it. So, you know, I got over it. They'll get over it. 
Yeah, and I, I see, I think like with you, it, it interests me, and I think it's because we're quite different um, with with things like that. The way we are um, with things like that tends to be quite just just the way the way we deal with things and process things like that is it's very different um with like confrontation or how we feel about certain things and that i think we both i you know there's both there's flaws on on both ends but i find um with you it's quite interesting because i know that it's not like i've i've seen you or we've we've had disagreements before um and i know that it's not a deliberate thing sometimes um if if you're in the wrong because obviously we've had disagreements and I've been in the wrong loads of times but like if you're more in the wrong um I I can see that it's kind of like a a battle I guess in, it's like an internal battle with you as to not wanting to admit that something was wrong or not accepting that you've done anything wrong yeah i i uh, with me like if it is an internal battle because i can't work out how i'm wrong but then if if i have worked out how i'm wrong i don't again become annoyed because i don't understand how i had my you know the my mindset wrong in the first place yeah you know so if I've said something or done something that's wrong and then I've worked out that that is in fact wrong, I, I kind of just, I can't work out how I came to that, you know. I feel like I should have been right in the first place and I shouldn't have had the wrong opinion. So I'm more annoyed that uh, there's like a, I guess, a a mistake there Yeah. in my like uh, train of thought or my you know, the way I am. Uh, I get more irritated that, I think I get irritated with people because they've, they've they've inadvertently uncovered some part of me that isn't right yeah and like because of my like masking and stuff i mask in a way that is i'm you know i mask as a person that is never wrong yeah always knows like what to do um you know is always in control always in charge that kind of thing so i always think because i've been masking for so long and i've worked on my masking for so long that my masking is perfect but then obviously when people point out stuff that's wrong, um, I can't work out how or why. And I think I'm more irritated that they've pointed out a flaw in, you know, how I'm coming across. And that, I think, is what I'm actually angry with. I don't think I'm really bothered with the person. I think I'm just annoyed that they found a weird flaw in my way of doing things. Uh, and I think that's what's irritated me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. Because I, I think the... I know this is kind of more of a chat about about things, but it, it kind of made me think about when we were watching the documentary, a lot of it was about, I guess, obedience as a whole yeah. and how you're behaving or misbehaving. Again, like I say, these were, it was children in the documentary, which is why the focus was more on behaviour because I, I think there's more pressure on you to behave when you're a child because it's setting you up for being an adult and going into sort of the working world and just in general, your hormones and, and things like that is, is going to affect you. Um, I think that we have different ways of behaving in that I don't, I wouldn't say that like as a child, I 
really misbehaved very often. I was quite obedient. Um, but I think if I did something wrong and I knew I'd done something wrong, it became very much for me, uh, I was really annoyed at myself and what I had done. And even sometimes if it wasn't me and I wasn't actually to blame, I would always blame myself for when things happened that weren't, that were out of my control. I would still think that it was me and I had done wrong. And I always, I think, not always, but I, a lot of the time, kind of over, try and over apologise for things. If if I've done something wrong, it might be something small, but I feel the need to, I don't know, be so remorseful about it. Like, I, I think to a point where it, like, can be annoying. Sometimes it annoys you. If I've done something wrong and then I apologise and you're like, it's fine. And then two hours later, I'm still apologising because I feel like... Yeah, you do that a lot. Yeah. I, like, for me, it's it's always my fault. And I feel very, like, I need to always be, behave correctly. And then if I don't, if I slip for a second, even if it's just a, the tiniest thing, it will bother me because I think, why did I allow that to happen? And then I get really hard on myself. Whereas I think for you, it's a case of if you misbehave I think it's more somebody else's fault for making you get to that point um but I also think it's a control thing with you and I think if you have said something that you know has been taken a certain way or whatever it is I think you get annoyed that control is being taken away from you yeah 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 I also I guess it's for me as well as this I don't like rules that I didn't create. I yeah. think is a problem. So uh, I've always found it weird that you know when you're born, you have to abide by rules that somebody else made. You know, yeah. um, you know, parents, school, whatever they have rules, uh, but I didn't. I didn't agree to them. You know, I wasn't explained what they were first, and then gone. Well, okay, so if you're okay with this, you know, sign here. If you're not okay with this, then say now. Like it doesn't, it didn't happen. Um, so it's, it's, I always find it weird, even with like jobs and stuff where they have rules. And if some of them that I think are rules that I don't think are need to be followed, I don't follow them because I think that they're pointless. Yeah. Or if they bring a rule in that I just think like, no, that one doesn't make any sense. Then I have issues with that kind of thing. And I think therefore I make my own rules up my own way of doing things uh, and then that's the way I do it and yeah it feels like the way I've made the rules up and the things that I want to do are the correct way and are how they should be done and I always feel like everybody else should have their own set of rules as well yeah um and then they make their own ones and that kind of thing um like my rules are they're never massively contradictory to the ones that already exist they're kind of always very similar anyway so you wouldn't notice that I'm not following your rules, that I'm following my own, uh, until there's the odd difference where I agree with something that's not part of the rules, and it sometimes they go directly against the rules. Like especially at school, I used to get that all the time, where they'd have a set way of doing things, but I didn't agree with it, so I didn't do it. And my argument was kind of like, well, I didn't choose to come to school. I was told I had to in the first place. You yeah. Know? 
Uh, and that's why I had the same issues with like uniform at school. I didn't hadn't decided on the uniform, so I, you know, kind of made my own. Yeah. Uh, which was based similar to that, the one that already existed, and that's that's the way I've always, I've always done it. Um, and I think that's that's part of the issues that I have with people when they point out stuff that I've done that's wrong because, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's part of my rules. Therefore, how yeah. can it be wrong? Yeah. You know. No, I completely understand that. I think it's, I find it very interesting because I think the longer that we've, like we, we've been, um, like as, as close as we are, I think the more understanding of you I'm getting and probably vice versa, like personality wise, there's sometimes where I feel like I, I know how a certain thing is going to make you feel and how you're going to react to it. Yeah. Um, and I, I really do find like your particular your ways very interesting. I don't know if you find it about mine or not, but like the way you are, sometimes I see it with the. I I know when something's gonna bother you, and I, you know, sometimes I know that I could adjust my own behavior to make it not bother you. Or sometimes I think, no, like, this needs to be said, so we'll say it and we'll just see how it goes. And, you know, it might not go great, but it, I just think it, it's interesting because I feel like the, like, throughout the last few years, you, you have changed a bit with the way you are. I don't think you're as, um, I don't think you get as easily irritated by being told that you're wrong. No as much do you do you think that that's changed a lot since you were younger yeah when I was younger it was you know I used to get aggressive um or try and fight people uh you know that kind of thing when I was told that I was wrong yeah um or that I couldn't do something that I felt was fully acceptable for me to do um and as a kid definitely when somebody said I couldn't do something I just thought yeah according to your rules but not mine so therefore I can and yeah. you can't stop me from doing it and that's how I felt. As I've got older, like I say, the, the urges are still there when people go against something that I wanted to do, but I kind of just ignore it and just kind of think, well, whatever. Like, if it doesn't directly involve me anyway, I just think, do what you want. I'm not bothered, like, do what you want. And I've got easier at, like, leaving people to do the thing they want to do. And, you know, I guess accepting stuff, but I have to like mentally prepare myself first. If I know I'm going to have to accept something that I don't want to accept, I need time to think about it. And I yeah. think that's the same with like a lot of people that are autistic. If you're going to change something for somebody that's autistic, I think giving them warning first that you're going to do it before you do it. Yeah. Uh, so they've got time to think about it and incorporate it and what that might mean is easier. So for me, if you know something's going to change... Don't just go, oh, so from now on we're doing this. And then it's the first I'm hearing of it because that's not going to work. But, you know, giving like a heads up is fine. But yeah, I think as I've got older, I've got more understanding. And I think also accepting that I'm autistic and that my autism. I mean, I know this episode, I guess, initially was supposed to be what's your autism and what's your personality. But I don't genuinely know if I can tell the difference yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think there is a... Yeah, like you can just... Help. Just ignore that. Our rumba <laughs> has got a dead battery. Um, but yeah, like, 
it is just it's one of those things that I I genuinely can't say you know this is because I'm autistic or this is just because this is how I am. Yeah. Um. Therefore, for me, I think I've got more accepting of stuff because as I get older and because I've been diagnosed with autism and I've become more accepting of my autism, I now do stuff and I think well you know it's because of my autism that's why that is and then that makes things easier it stops me from fighting stuff so much or uh you know going against things for some reason it, it seems easy for me to just be like yeah it's my autism and I, I guess with you because you've only been diagnosed just over a year or so now yeah um you still I mean I did when I first got diagnosed you still fight the diagnosis a lot where you think well no I could do something about that or I can control that or I could change how I feel about that. And then you keep trying to change how you feel about something and you can't, Yeah. which then you get frustrated. And, you know, especially in your case, you kind of get angry with yourself a little bit mm. because you still don't understand that you can't change stuff. Whereas I guess if you're more accepting of that, you are autistic and that's just how it is. A lot of things become easier. Um, but you can yeah. never really tell. I think for me, it's, you can't really tell what's you and what's autism. Um, but yeah, I think being diagnosed, I think that's made things a lot easier because I think if I wasn't diagnosed, there'd be things that I was doing that are because of my autism, but because I'm not diagnosed, people are just going to be telling me, no, it's just because you've got, because I used to get it all the time, it's because you've got a bad attitude and it's because you're stubborn, it's because you won't change your mind, it's because you, you're your own worst enemy, you know, I used to get that kind of stuff all the time. Mm, yeah. And you hear that all the time. And then they're telling you to change, but you can't. So you spend all your time just thinking, well, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm just not going to do about that. So then you keep getting into more and more trouble for the same things. And you keep telling yourself, well, I'm not going to change. You know, like I, I can't change. They're wrong. Um, whereas I think if you've got a, an answer like I'm autistic, then the stuff that you can't change and you can't do anything about, you feel less angry about it because you know why. Yeah. Whereas in the past, people would just be telling me that I had a, you know, bad attitude or negative attitude towards stuff. And there's, you know, when you hear that kind of stuff, you think, so I could be more positive. So then you try and be more positive. But then because of your autism, you still get annoyed, even though you're trying to be more positive. Like there were times before diagnosis where I'd try and have a more upbeat, like, you know, mindset before I did something. Right. And then the result was the same as when I did it before with my normal mindset. So, and I'd find that even more infuriating where somebody would say, try and be more positive about it, you know, try and be more like, you know, yeah, you know, more optimistic about, you know, what's going to happen. And then I'd go and do it. The end result would be the same thing as before. And then they'd be like, well, you just weren't, you just weren't optimistic enough. And I'd just be like, you know what? Shut up. Because I definitely was. Uh, and it didn't do any difference. And it turns out just because that particular task would have gone the either way anyway, because of some sort of weird sensory issue that comes with it or Jimmy something that I wouldn't have been aware of because of my autism that that's the real reason why the end result is always the same is because of this one thing that if I had changed that instead of like me being like smileier yeah it would have been better but when you're not diagnosed people just tell you like well maybe you should try and be a bit more about this about it and you know in pre-diagnosis that used to irritate me when someone said maybe you should just be a bit more you know try and be a bit more happy about things just made me want to be like, you know what, shut up. Like, yeah. you know, I don't think that'll make a difference. And, you know, it turns out it wouldn't have made a difference. But when you're not diagnosed, that's what you just get told is it's it's all you and you've got to change the way you think about things. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is there anything that you think? Because this is something that I feel like you um, probably struggle with 
more than I do because I don't, I'm not very, like, it's rare for me to get told, like, oh, you shouldn't have said that, you shouldn't have done that, because I don't think I'm as impulsive as you are, I suppose. Like, I'm more of a, I mean, like, it's difficult enough to get me to talk as it is. Like, I will sit and think about what I'm going to say before I say it with everything, like, even a positive thing. It takes me, I have to work out how I'm going to say something positive or negative. So I'm more of a dweller, so it doesn't happen as often with me. But is there anything that you, like, have have learned that really helps? Other, like, in terms of, like, changing... Because you don't, you don't always say things now. Like you've learned more to, I guess, bite your tongue. Yeah, the thing is though, is with me when I do bite my tongue and not say something, I spend all my time thinking. You do, yeah. You should say it. Yeah, that is true. Uh, and I have to just wait for that feeling to go away. It will yeah. eventually, but if I just say it, then I've said it it's out there and then it's kind of like off my mind and off my chest and then it's done. Whereas if I think don't say it because it shouldn't be said or it's one of those things you probably shouldn't say, like every now and then my brain goes, yeah, I like it doesn't tell me what is going to happen if I say it. Yeah. It's just this part of me that goes, you probably shouldn't say that. But then if I'm like, but why? Don't know why. Just don't say it. Um, and that's how I am with some stuff is some stuff it just nothing's telling me that well something's telling me it's wrong to say it but I can't work out why so but then sometimes I think well don't say it then but then I spend my whole time thinking I should have said it I should have said it I should still say it I could still say it or maybe I should say it um and I have to you know wait a couple of days for that to pass and then eventually it does dissolve and I stop thinking I should have said that but it does, it is kind of like either say it and, you know, you, you relieve yourself of the the constant thinking about it if you say it out loud. But then if you don't say it out loud, it might not cause trouble and it might be better for the people that you're talking to. But then I have to go over in my head what would have happened had I have said it. And maybe it's that not knowing why it's wrong uh, is why I know I shouldn't say it. It's not till sometimes I come back and tell you I almost said this. And then you tell me why I shouldn't have said it. Yeah. And then once you've explained to me why I shouldn't have said it, I then think, okay, that makes sense. And then I stop thinking about it. But, you know, it's knowing what to say and what not to say uh, that I have issues with. Whereas with you, there's, there's definitely been situations where you should have said something and you didn't. Yeah. And it's not gone stuff. Like there's, there's things all the time, like where you tell me, like with work and other stuff where you've kind of there's even been times where you've taken the blame for something yeah i do that yeah that, that's not your fault at all uh and i'm just like well just tell him tell him it's not your fault and you're like well it doesn't really matter you know and you're just kind of like that's oh, fine you know it doesn't really matter and i'm just like so you're just going to take the blame for something somebody else did because you're just like yeah you know what does it matter really you do that i think quite a bit like when we used to work together you you know like our boss at the time would have accused you of something that you didn't actually do, but you were, you know, she just they just thought it was you. And then you're telling me, and I'm just like, but you didn't do that. And you're like, I know. And I was just like, well, then tell them then. And you're like, nah. Yeah. Which is like, I think you've got the opposite thing. There's times <laughs> where you definitely should be saying something. Yeah. But you just think, no, I'll just stay quiet. 
yeah yeah that is completely true you know what like it just kind of it, this is kind of side notey but um the other day i was trying to my phone said that i had like one of the apps my facebook messenger app like came up with some weird error message so i was like oh i think like i'm not very technical i was like i think i need to delete some messages so i was like scroll i just scrolled to like the very bottom and was just deleting i didn't realize that it held on to all of your messages forever i was in like 2010 yeah it was crazy so i was like down there and i was just deleting some messages and obviously it's all these messages that i haven't seen forever because this is when i was sort of like 13 14 mm. and again this is a little bit side noted but it's kind of related there was one that was it was an argument it was a, a girl that had i mean she had wronged me and like i feel like it's been 10 years if i was in the wrong i would say it but she had definitely done something wrong to me and we were having an argument over facebook messenger about it again we were like uh, 13 14 so it, i was young anyway but I did find it quite funny because she was sending me some angry messages and my responses, you can tell that like, one, I looked at the times and it was taking me like an hour to respond to each one and then she was sending something back straight away. But hers were very just, you know, targeting me. My responses were so well thought out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that they were like clever or or brilliant or anything like that but you could definitely tell that that was not an impulsive message everything i was writing was very like it's just very me i know that i would have sat on it i'd have worked out exactly how i was gonna say it and then i've worded it sort of like just very very well thought out responses to it and it did make me laugh and that is i guess how i am often like if i'm being accused of something that I haven't actually done. The reason that I'm more likely to just take it is because I can't come up in the time quick enough how I'm gonna articulate that it wasn't me that did it. So it just, it ends up that by the point where I've worked it out, we've been having a conversation where I've been being told off for 20 minutes. And I feel like at this point I can't go, actually <laughs> that whole conversation, it wasn't me. So you don't need to say that to me. So I just think, oh, I'll just take it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's just with me, I'm very, it it takes me so long to work out how I actually feel about something and then how I'm going to express how I feel about it. But most of the time I just don't bother because it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a processing thing. And same as another time when I was younger, somebody did something wrong, but my initial reaction was to be their friend and to comfort them because even though they'd done something wrong to me, I knew that they were upset about it. So I was very, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I, I do remember it must have been about three days later that I all of a sudden went, no, actually, I'm really annoyed that you've done this. Why am I being nice to you? It took me that long to work out that I felt a particular way and then by that point I was like well now I've been being really nice for three days I can't all of a sudden flip it and say no I am annoyed about this so I think I think yeah we're, we're kind of on the opposite ends and it's difficult to find a balance like I don't know how I would channel being more like you in the, saying something in the moment 
I think that would be really difficult for me. I mean, I say something and like, I think every time, I think that's the difference though, is I wouldn't recommend that either. No. Because uh, there are times where I have done something wrong or I am the one that's made the mistake, uh, but I'm all out defending it, saying I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and there, you're mistaken, it's not me. I didn't do that. Or if I have done something wrong and they've got proof that I've 100% done this, I can't just be like, oh, did I? Sorry. I kind of have to work out why I did it. Yeah. Uh, and then explain to them why I did it, but in a way that makes it sound like it wasn't really a mistake because yeah. here's why, you know. So I'm a bit like that and I get more annoyed uh, in that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I could never take especially like in your case, I could never take like the responsibility for something that I didn't actually do. Um, I just wouldn't. It would bother me way too much. Like when you tell me sometimes that you've been, you know, accused of doing something and you're like, oh, it wasn't me. It was, you know, this other person. And, you know, they did this and did that, but it doesn't really matter. I immediately get frustrated. (laughs) I just think like, get your boss on the phone and I'll tell him. (laughs) Yeah, you do get a bit like that. Uh, because yeah, if it was happening to me, I'd, I'm just outright like, well, here's why you're wrong. Um, and if I get accused of something that I didn't do, uh, and it definitely wasn't me, and then it's proven that it wasn't me, I'm very sort of like then angry with that person yeah. that made the mistake. Um, like I, I don't let them forget it for a while. So every now and then when they do say something, I'm just like, yeah, but do you remember when you thought I did this and I didn't, so maybe you should double check. Like I'm like that all the time or... I want like a, a yeah. an apology like straight away from them about the mistake they made. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you've got to find like somewhere. I mean, it's the same with everything with us. Like, I think that's what makes us, um, I suppose in many ways, what makes autism can be difficult or different, I suppose, is, you know, explaining this stuff that you're too far one way and I'm too far the other really. And you've got to be somewhere in the middle. But I guess that somewhere in the middle is where neurotypical people most of the time are. Yeah. Do you think if we combined our two personalities, even though we're both burgers, do you think if they were combined, we would make an NT? Probably. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Because we're just extremes of the opposite, I suppose. Whereas I guess if if we were mixed together, it would dilute both out and then you'd have like a a happy medium. Yeah. That would uh, probably work. Yeah. But like a lot of people with autism, it's just because, you know, you have a lot of the same personality traits as somebody that's neurotypical. It's just, it's extreme. You know, it's just, it's, it's a lot more extreme versions of normal behaviors. That's all it is. It's the same things everybody has. It's just our ones are just, they're more exaggerated and doing just, yeah, more extreme in one way or the other. It's like sometimes I explain something to someone and they go, oh yeah, but that doesn't mean you're autistic because I do that. Um... And I just, you know, I have to be like, yeah, you do do that, but you don't do it to the level that I do it. And that's why it's classed as autism, because the way I do it is so much more, you know, uh, but sometimes I explain stuff to people that are like, oh, like what? You know, when I say like, oh, if somebody finds out I'm autistic, why? What makes you autistic? And you go, well, one of the things I do is this. And then they go, oh, I do that. And it's just like, yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Um, But here's why it's different for me to you. Uh, you can't just say, well, sometimes I, you know, think about uh, obsessive thoughts constantly too much that it sometimes keeps me awake or wakes me up in the night. And then someone goes, oh, yeah, but everybody does that when they're worried. And I'm just like, yeah, but 
I do it all the time over yeah. stuff that you shouldn't be worried about. And that's why it's different. Sure, worrying about something will keep you awake or wake you up in the night. That doesn't matter if you're autistic or not. But when what the thing you're worrying about is, uh, I guess, for example, uh, there was a, I've got a bike rack at work where I put my bike. The thing I was worrying about was what if there's already a bike on the bike rack? Yeah, that was a <laughs> yeah, that was a worry. That was a we had a we had a little chat about that. <laughs> Yeah, whereas uh, for everybody else it would just be a, then I guess I'll have to put my bike somewhere else, you know. But for me, I was like, it's it's that rack or nothing. Yeah, you know, like I I have a genuine fear. I mean, I don't. I am probably less of a worrier than you are. I would say, but I, you know, little things like what if one of the breakfast bowls broke? Then the then what would we use for breakfast bowls? I mean, I don't worry about that, but like. I guess in terms of autistic, yeah, well, I like to use a set bowl for this. Yeah, but if my breakfast bowl like broke, I don't think I could eat breakfast again. Well, you say you don't worry, but like, for example, what you're talking yeah. about here. So say, because I make breakfast every morning yeah. uh, and I always make the porridge. Say we had porridge one morning uh, and I brought the porridge in in the enamel bowls instead. Wooden bowls, are still, we, have, we have porridge in every day in a wooden bowl. We have it in a wooden bowl every day. But one morning, I just thought, I'm going to put them in these enamel bowls. Yeah? So you don't think you're a worrier? What happens if I bring porridge in in the no, morning? No, so this is what I mean. I don't worry about that happening. But just imagine it now yeah, in your head. But if that, if I've that brought, happens... I've brought breakfast in, and they're in the bowls that we have dinner in. Well, that wouldn't be right, would it? That's a dinner bowl. <laughs> That's just wrong. Like, I... Like, no, no. You can't... Because I can't eat porridge out of a dinner bowl. That's wrong. <laughs> That's not right, is it? They go in the wooden bowl. And what would you make me do if I uh, if I rang them in the wrong bowl? Make new porridge. Make new porridge. Oh yeah, because you can't scoop it out because you've set the porridge up in a really particular way. Right. Yeah. So it couldn't just be scooped into the bowl because then the bananas wouldn't be perfectly on top of the porridge, would they? So you'd have me just start again. Just start again. Just yeah. start again. Yeah. Yeah, you see, whereas... Uh, I feel... so, so this is what I mean. I don't worry about that. That's not a worry I have. I don't, like, stay up at night thinking about it. But if that happened in the moment, there would... Yeah, like, it would be an issue. It would just mess with me. Like, how could I go... How could I work throughout the day knowing that I had, you know, if I had dared eat my porridge out of a dinner bowl, I would feel dirty all day. Like, I needed a shower <laughs> <laughs> to cleanse myself. I just, I just couldn't. I don't even like talking about it. It's made me feel a bit funny. Yeah, see? It's actually really messed with me. Yeah, I knew it would. Yeah. So, so like, I think it's that's the, the sort of things, yeah, when you try and explain Asperger's to someone and they think, like, yeah, no, I do that. And then, you know, if I explain it more, go yeah, into like if more you said, things. If you said I like have my breakfast in a certain bowl every morning uh, and then they go, oh, yeah, but I do that. Yeah. I like to have a certain bowl. I prefer a certain bowl. But then, you know, for them, if you'd have brought it in a different bowl, they'd just go, oh, that's weird. And then they just eat it. Yeah. Uh, whereas, yeah, for you, you just, you'd refuse. You'd refuse to eat it until I fixed it. Yeah. Like, even sometimes the idea of like a treat, you know, so like some people think, oh, I'd, you know, a Friday, the first or the maybe the last Friday of the month, we're going to do... Uh, takeaway that would be a nice treat and I think yeah that would be a nice treat I like takeaway but also Friday night is 
rice and veg night. And if if that has to change for a treat, even though it's for a good thing, it would still change the routine. So it's not a good thing anymore. That would take away from the goodness because it's messing with the routine. Yeah, I'd have to mentally prepare you for it. Yeah. I'd have to tell you two weeks in advance that I was planning a Friday night takeaway. Yeah, yeah, Just exactly. see if you get yourself mentally ready for when it happens. Yeah. So I think it's, it's the little things, it's the little things like that that mm, yeah. I guess is where, is where it really comes out. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Have a lovely week, everybody. Oh, yeah, and obviously usual stuff. Uh, if you want to join them, Asperger's Anywhere, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There's a private group on Facebook. If anybody wants to join it, to talk about autism in general to other people mm-hmm. that have experiences with autism. Uh, and there's also an email address, which is themaspergers at gmail.com. And we will speak to you soon. Bye!